Welcome to the Decide Your Legacy podcast, helping individuals and businesses unleash their potential. Join us every episode as host Adam Gregg discusses what is holding us back and how to find hope for moving forward. Along the way, we discuss developing healthy relationships and navigating life transitions while overcoming fear, stress, and anxiety. Live the life you want, the legacy you decide. I bought this car for myself and it's three years old. Car was great, but something in me was uneasy. And I realized that I bought this car, the nicest car I'd ever bought. I paid cash for it. I didn't, you know, go into debt, but the reason I was uneasy about it is because every time I would start resting and reflecting, I would sense that this was a compromise of my values. And one of the motives for me buying the car was to impress my parents, that they look at me as a successful person and to impress my clients and to impress the people I do business with because I get insecure sometimes driving up in my 11-year-old Honda Accord, which is a great car. I'm gonna talk to you today about not compromising your values, following through and living your values out. So one of my core values is stewardship and I wasn't living out that value. I'm gonna talk to you more about this car thing, but. First, I wanna welcome you to the Decide Your Legacy podcast. And just if you found this podcast helpful and you haven't done so, subscribe on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast content so you'll never miss another episode. Give it a rating and review that helps it grow organically and reach more people, which it has significantly because of you. Thank you very much. And it helps more people that way because it reaches more people. So a couple of risks that I've taken recently, and I share these because I want you to take risks because for your mental health, it's important to get out of your comfort zone and to do things that are scary, to challenge yourself. Playing it safe is gonna damage your mental health. So one thing I did is I went and played in a golf scramble and I haven't played golf. I played golf once of the entire year of 2022. So I was gonna be embarrassed out there. And I knew that going into it because I hadn't played. I hadn't even hit balls. I used to go do that almost every day after work. And it was inspiring. I went and did it. Sure, I felt embarrassed. It was uncomfortable. I went also to a retirement party for a former professor of mine. And I knew at that retirement party, I would see people I haven't seen in a long time. And so I was very insecure. I wanted to like impress people. You know, I felt a great deal of anxiety. I felt that voice in my head, talk me out of it. Don't go, don't go. But I went, had a good time, made some good connections. So I'm Adam Gregg. I'm a legacy coach, speaker, podcaster, and mental health professional for almost 25 years. So my life purpose is to help people find transformational clarity to face their biggest fears that propels them forward to face their biggest fears so they can live and leave their desired legacy, living it now. I talk about stuff that you can describe to your six-year-old and they're gonna be able to grasp these concepts. I also talk about topics that I struggle with myself. I'm a fellow traveler. I listen to my podcasts. I make these for me. In fact, that's one of the reasons I made them in the first place and for you, but it helps me to talk about things that I struggle with and I get clarity that way. I wanna challenge you to listen as a teacher, not just as a consumer. So think about something from today that you can teach to somebody else, describe to somebody else within the next 24 hours as you go through this content. This is the podcast that you do, not just listen to. So why is this important? Why do people compromise on their values? We're talking about not compromising on your values today. Well, for one, it hurts you when you compromise on your values. You're hurting yourself. You're not living with integrity. And that's what that means. And an integer is a whole number. So you're living a whole life. You're following through. You're living the life that you proclaim is important to you to live. So it hurts other people when you don't live according to your values. And they may never actually know what you're doing. But if one of your values 
is to live a life aligned with your faith and you're a Christian and you know that living a life aligned with your faith means that you're going to like wait till you get married and you compromise and no one actually knows about that except you and that other person, but it's going to hurt you and it's going to hurt other people who have trust in you because they're seeing you not living in line with your values because they're eventually going to kind of get a sense and maybe they never even know, but people do generally know more than you think, especially those that live with you like your kids. It damages other people. It damages the trust that people have in you and it makes you feel incomplete you're embarrassed without even knowing it. So when I decided that I was gonna go ahead and give this car back, because I had 30 days and get my full refund, you know, I I knew that there was something that was off there. I mean, I knew that, okay, there's nothing wrong with having this car. I mean, it was great, it was fine. It was, but I knew my motives were not right. And that impressing other people was not a good motive to buy this car. And it felt great to go ahead and fall through. Even when I made the decision on Sunday, talking to my buddy, Alan, that actually I was going to return the car, it felt great. I started to have a much better day because there was a blockage there. So here's some ways that you can work on not compromising your values. Okay. I got five ways you can not compromise your values. So number one, identify what your core values actually are. So one of the podcasts I did in the past, I think episode number 20, and I'll link to it in the show notes is on identifying your core values. And there's actually a worksheet that I give you access to in that podcast. And most people don't know what they actually are, but it's because they don't slow down to actually identify them or their, their parents' values or their religion's values or their values of society that we think we should have. So companies will post their values on the wall. And I mean, they often have integrity and different things that maybe aren't even well thought out. And I don't think integrity is a really good value, core value, because I think integrity means that you're living a whole life according to your values. And it's my definition. It depends on how you define it. But you want to figure out what your top three to six core values are. It could be 12. I think Amazon has 12 core values and they actually have them very clear cut and they're pretty inspiring. I'd encourage you to go check them out. And in fact, if I can find that, I will link to Amazon's core values. And you can kind of look at those and see how well you think they're living according to those values right now because I really haven't kind of done that assessment really recently. But what do people compliment you on the most? What do people believe your values are? What do your close friends believe your values are? What are the values in other people that you admire? What are the core values that you want your kids to have to have a successful life? And values are behaviors. So it can be following through. It can be persistence. It can be honesty. It can be courage. You know, one of my core values is hope. Always hope. See the hope in every situation. It can be something that is unique to you and it's non not something you've gotten externally, but you know inside of you that this is really a behavior that's important for me to live my life by. How would you set up a business if you owned a business? What would the values of that business actually be? That's one way to identify your core values. So you can figure it out if you take the time to reflect. Again, it's gonna mean slowing down, getting off your phone, doing some journaling, going on a walk, having a mini retreat, talking to some friends about this topic that you love and trust and have similar values to you, hopefully in some way, although we don't have to have people around us that have the same values as us and we'd be boring. I mean, you would not have good friends if they had all the same values as you. They're going to have different unique things because some people are going to value, they're going to maybe value leadership and leading other people in at a higher level than you are. And you're going to value stewardship or you're going to value conservatism or mean or conservation, I would say, and it's their value, but it doesn't mean something. It doesn't mean you should criticize them for it. It just makes them unique. 
So you identify your top three to six core values, which if you can do that, and again, it's going to be a draft at first and you're going to whittle it down. And then I encourage people to actually have a statement that defines that core value. So that one I mentioned, we choose hope over fear. So always hope we choose hope over fear. So, and I have a little sentence that describes it. We find hope in all circumstances and inspire others to see the same. That's a core value of myself and decide your legacy because it's my business and I want that to come out. So we are courageous risk takers is a core value that I have. So we take actions that scare us as this is necessary to grow. Another one is we live in perfect lives with rigorous honesty. And the little statement there is we have the courage to tell the truth and be ourselves. And it does take courage to tell the truth and be yourself. We have fun frequently. We find joy, laughter, gratitude, and adventure in each day. So there you go. It's a sample of identifying your core values. And that's number one, to not compromise them because then you're having some clarity that, okay, you know in your gut, you kind of know that I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing, but you haven't taken the time to step back and identify the values so you can clearly articulate how you're actually violating one of your own core values. If you've found this podcast helpful at any point, hit the link to Shatterproof Yourself, Seven Simple Steps to Better Mental Health. You don't want to miss that. You only get that through this link. And it's going to be extremely helpful information, a video workbook, guide you through stuff you're going to want to share. You only get access. It's free through this link. Don't miss it. So the second thing is do a personal inventory. And I would encourage you to do a personal inventory daily, even hourly. And that what I mean by that is you're taking account or you're assessing how well you are living aligned with your values on a consistent basis. And that means that you are taking intentional steps to remember them. So you have them posted somewhere, you have them written down, and then you're remembering, this is my core value. This is a core value that I have. I wanted to teach this to my kids when they're growing up. I want this in my kids' spouses, and I want this in my employees. And how am I doing on it on a scale of one to 10? Well, I didn't do too well on this recently. I need to figure some things out, make some changes, make some adjustments. So we got to figure that kind of thing out. And the reality is, is for me, when... I do things to impress other people and to actually want them to like me based on what I have, my stuff. I was thinking if someone hires me as a client because I got this nice fancy car, well, they're not a good fit for me anyway, you know, because if someone's judging somebody by their car, you don't know what their net worth is by their car. I know people that have $100,000 cars that don't have anything. You know, they're all spending it on car payments. You don't know what they have based on their house. You judge people by their merit. And that stuff's not really that important either because merit is that true core of a person. Are they honest? Or do they have integrity? Are they living according to their values? You know, I mean, I mentioned in the last podcast, I grew up around a lot of wealthy people and that's what inspires me. It helps me to interact with wealthy people really well because it's not a kind of, I'm not drawn to that maybe or intimidated by it. And I've done well. I mean, I, I'm a successful person, not as successful as most of my clients, but I'm still a successful guy. I feel good about what I've done with my career. I haven't always felt that way, but I do feel good about what I've done with my career and I enjoy my career, but it's crucial that we figure out ways on a daily basis that we're misaligned with our values. We make some adjustments. You know, it's kind of like we make some shifts. It's this it's this jagged line, you know, we're saying, okay, I got to adjust this. One of my core values is health and I'm really not getting to the gym. And so I got to figure that out. I got to make sure I put it into my schedule and work my schedule around somehow. So if you look at the steps, 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, which are very inspiring to me, regardless of whether you're an alcoholic and it's inspiring for anybody, because I believe, and I say, when I go to open AA meetings, I'm in recovery. You know, I also say I'm an addict because I'm a perfectionist and I'm addicted to work and I'm addicted to worry. A lot of times I get addicted to things 
I could get addicted to golf. I could get addicted to pretty much anything, honestly, ice cream for sure. And you figure out what that thing is that you're compromising on. So step seven of the 12 steps is I made a list of all the persons I've harmed and I became willing to make amends to all of them. Willing is really key, but I want, the point I want to make here is number eight, step eight is I made direct amends to people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. And then number nine, step nine is I continue to take personal inventory. And when I, when we were wrong, we promptly admitted it. So that inventory that is being defined and laid out so perfectly in AA. And the big book of AA is just some excellent literature or wisdom stuff in there. I mean, it's, it fascinates me how much wisdom is actually in there. It is challenging you every day to take a personal inventory. And in fact, in step four, you're doing this, you're doing this searching and fearless inventory of your life. And you're looking at things in areas you have resentments and areas where you've been hurt and areas that you're stuffing and not dealing with and ever, maybe you've never actually talked about before. So it can be really helpful to go through the process of the 12 steps for anybody. You know, I'd have every one of my clients go through it. I don't take them all through it, but it's something that I talk about and utilize when I talk to people. So this personal inventory is crucial right there. And so for me, a lot of times my ego gets involved. And so it's how, and that's part of my personal inventory. Is this my ego here? that's really telling me that I got to say some things that, you know, last night it was, I returned this car and I was talking to the manager and I said, just to try to impress the guy. And I knew it in the moment. It was like, don't say that, but I said it anyway. And it was something really dumb. You know, it was just talking about myself and my career and success. And, you know, I pay for things for, with cash and this stuff I shouldn't have actually said it was my ego. And that was my inventory. And I didn't feel like I had to make an apology, but my apology was to myself because I wasn't living true to my values by actually bragging about myself. You know, and it reminds me of situations throughout my life where I've tried to prove myself to people and not by who I am and my merit, but by what I do and by what I have. And I don't want to be that guy. And so returning the car was a great exercise of living out my values. So the third way to not succumb to the temptation or to not actually compromise your values is to be prepared for the temptation to compromise. And that temptation to compromise is gonna come and it's gonna challenge your values. And you can use this excuse that, oh, I don't remember or I forgot that was a value, but no, that's not a good excuse. It's like saying, I don't know. It's You can say, well, I didn't make a decision that was in alignment with my values. I didn't choose the path that was going to be living out my values and admitting it and owning it, which ownership is a very, very powerful thing, which is what amends is all about is ownership. And you can do a living amends, which means you don't actually apologize directly to the person because it may do more harm than good, but you live out your apology by changing your behavior and your lifestyle. And that's a living amends. We call it living amends. So how do people compromise their core values? Well, I would suggest, you know, dating people who you know aren't a good fit, who don't align with some of your core values, not perfectly, you don't have to align with your core values, but let's just say it's something like, you know, waiting to get married before you live together, or it could be alcohol, nicotine, could be pornography, and people compromise with those things. It could be just living according to your ego or cutting corners, living a dishonest life. Those are things and ways people are actually tempted to compromise. Drinking when you know you got a problem with alcohol, but people go through a process to compromise. And I'm gonna talk about that in a second. So when people go through something traumatic in their life or they have a major life transition, I always tell them, be very careful and don't make any decisions out of, out of hurt 
Don't make any decisions out of anxiety, out of depression, out of fear, you know, hold off, you know, in fact, even just wait a year, you know, if they go through a divorce and they can just listen to me and say, Hey, you know, you are going to be vulnerable for a great period of time. It's not a great time to change jobs. It's not a great time. You're going to be tempted to potentially, it's not a great time to date. It's not a great time to go ahead and decide to buy a new car or to go on this fancy vacation. You know, it may be good to take a week vacation to Colorado to get away, but it's not a good time to make these major life or many financial decisions, you know, to close down your business because you're going to be vulnerable in that situation. And that's when we get tempted in those types of situations. So I can think of people that go through divorce and then they don't want to be alone. And so they make compromises and they date people they wouldn't date had they have waited. They do things they wouldn't have done had they had waited to let themselves heal. So they lose a parent and then they go out and they close their business down or they sell their business. And then a year later, like, why did I do that? What was I thinking? How could I have made that decision? Do they go buy this brand new car? It's $100,000 and have a $900 payment on the car. I have seen this hundreds of times in my career. You know, you got to remember, I've been doing this almost 25 stinking years. I've worked with thousands of clients in my career. I've seen this happen so many times. And it's by people who you would never think because they are shocked by their behavior when they look back two years later. And there's this saying, it's like, don't make decisions when you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, or sick, you know, major decisions, you know, go get something to eat first and then process through it. Cause you're probably highly emotional before you make this decision to go assertively address your concerns with your boss. Wait, let's hold off. You know, let's journal about that for a second. Let's just take some time and step back. So when someone's tempted, you know, it's going to start with a thought and it starts basically like I deserve this, or I've been through so much, or it's not going to hurt anybody, you know, or you just need to escape for a while. And so you're tempted to go ahead and do that thing which you know is a compromise. So you go spend that money. You know, it's not, it, it's, you know, you deserve it. You work so hard. You've never bought something nice for yourself, but you know, it's a compromise and you go buy that Louis Vuitton purse, which I have no problem with. Absolutely no problem with. That's not the point I'm talking about here. I'm talking about if you're compromising your values to do these kinds of things. So it's becoming medication. It's a numbing behavior. You want to save up for a Louis Vuitton purse? I hope you do. And I hope you go get it. I hope you get it on the Champs-Élysées in Paris, right there where they're freaking from. So, and I hope you enjoy every moment of that purse because those are great well-made purses. And I got a nice pair of Italian shoes and I didn't go out and buy that to impress anybody. I went and got those because I thought they were stinking cool looking. And I love those shoes. So you start with a thought, then you start feeding your imagination with that thing that you're going to compromise by doing. So you just kind of ruminate on that new car and you do research and you look at all the pictures and everything. And you start to think about that decision that you're going to make to go get another drink and that it's not really something that is that big of a deal. And so that leads to the second step, which is that justification rationalization. So you start justifying why you're going to compromise your values. You say, it's no big deal. It's not going to hurt anybody. No one's going to even know, you know, I'm doing this at home. No one even sees what I look at on this, on the internet. You know, they're not going to know. Come on, big deal. I can, I can look at that. I can drink that. I can do that. I can buy that. It's my money. So we rationalize it. No one can get through a day without a good rationalization. I promise you. And a rationalization just means you're talking yourself into a way to actually compromise on something you know you shouldn't actually do. Then people, the fourth part of temptation is you take action. You know, you do that actual thing and then it leads to, then it leads to regret and grief and shame. And, and that whole cycle starts right there. And one way that you can really prepare for temptations that come is to start to recognize when they happen at the very beginning. So start to recognize when you start having that initial thought that, okay, I've been through so much, I deserve it. 
I need to go do that. Or that's not really your value, Adam. Those were set a long time ago. Or that's not really something that matters in this situation because this is a very unique situation right here that you're in. So that's the initial thinking that we can identify in the moment that's not healthy. And it's generally going to have some kind of connection to pain in our lives, but it's that initial thought. Identify that and then you can nip it in the bud. Because then you're going to say, I'm not going to go down that path of imagining. And you can just call it lusting, you know, lusting after that car. I'm not going to go down that path. And you cut it off. But one great way of dealing with this is, and this is the fourth aspect, because I shared three with you, identify your values, identify your core values, do a personal inventory on a consistent basis, and which means making amends to yourself and changing, prepare for the temptation, prepare for temptations to compromise, be prepared. And then the fourth thing is to get accountability. So this goes down to the relationship aspect. We cannot go it alone. You will not be able to resist the temptations in your life if you do not have some level of accountability. People that know you and love you, those real friends. And I wanna link to a video. It's one of my favorite I've ever done. And it's on how to identify a real friend. And I put this out a couple of weeks ago and I've sent it to a bunch of people because I really thought, I made a whole lot of sense to myself. <laughs> so anyway, I want to link to that because accountability is about friendship and people that you're going to trust to let know that you have this specific struggle in your life. And so I had some accountability with my friend, Alan, when I was talking about this lack of peace I had about this car and I was able to talk through it and say, gosh, I do think I'm making a mistake here. And, but I don't want to go, I'm going to be embarrassed. I don't want to go and actually turn it back in. It's just going to be a shame, the walk of shame kind of thing. And he's like, dude, Adam, you know, what's it worth? I mean, it's going to take you three hours versus having peace of mind. And that's what a good friend's going to tell you. I mean, they're going to tell you the truth regardless, not like just enjoy the stinking car and why can't you just be happy and, you know, what's wrong with you for not enjoying this car? You had plenty of money to buy the car, just have a great time. Well, no, he knew that there was more to it. And I have given him permission in my life to challenge me on things. And I've given permission in my life to a number of people to challenge me on things. I have a group of guys I meet with on Wednesday mornings and have for years. I have a good friend, Dave, who he pretty much knows he has permission to challenge me, a good friend, Brent and Brian, and people that know I've been friends with for a long time. And Todd, I mean, they can tell me things, honestly, because I trust them. So you give them permission to challenge you, but you have to, first of all, expose whatever those values are to them so they know when to challenge you when you're compromising them. And by exposing them, I mean, you're sharing with them that these are the important behaviors in your life. And so if you have coffee with them, there's a chance that at times you're going to be able to articulate or they're going to pick up on it, that stewardship with your finances or that time with your family or that investing in your marriage is going to be a truly a core value for you. Relationships or, you know, making personal growth a priority is going to be a value. And then they're going to point out to you like, hey, not judging you, but so how are you doing in that area? And you're going to answer the question, you know, you're going to, I mean, if they're, if you're honest with them, they're a good friend. You're going to say, well, I'm not really doing great here. I'm doing pretty good here, but there's some discussion about it, but they're asking you those hard questions and you're sharing with them. Honestly, you can journal about, and this is a form of accountability. You actually journal about how you're living out each of your core values. Maybe give an example of how this played out in your home and business and how you could potentially maybe incorporate it more. You can journal and that's a form of accountability because you're writing it down on paper where it's actually going to be more sticky in that form. You know, it's almost like, oh, someone read this now so I could actually be held. I mean, now I got to follow through with this. So we're more likely to follow through with something when we actually write about it. And we tell our friends about it, especially when we tell our friends about it. And so you talk about the values as well. If you're running a business, you know, you talk about and you share examples of how your employees are living out those core values. You're sharing examples about how they're lived out in other companies as inspiration. You're sharing examples of how they're lived out in your homes 
Even with your employees, you can do that because everything at work is probably going to have some connection or relation to home in some kind of way if you look at it through a lens of wisdom. And the fifth thing you can do to not compromise your values, make them a priority so you don't have to live with that feeling of embarrassment within yourself and shame within yourself because you're going to feel some guilt when you don't live that way. I mean, guilt is like legit. You know, shame is like I'm bad. Guilt is like legit. You know, like you did something wrong and you really hurt yourself. And so you feel guilty because you compromised on something that's very important to you. And you so you feel guilty for hurting yourself or not loving yourself. And you're not able to, in my opinion, love your neighbor very well when you don't love yourself. So it's a way to love yourself. So the the fifth thing you can do is to work them into your life. So by working them into your life, I'm telling, I'm talking about here is, is so you look at them and they're posted somewhere. And then by faith, you are looking at your weekly schedule and deciding how will I live out this core value in my life? So you have things in there, like where, where is the courage core value for Adam going to come into play. And so we'll have a speaking event right here and I'm going to record a podcast here. I'm going to need courage for those things. I'm also going to have this tough conversation with a potential employee, or I'm going to have some interviews here that I'm going to have to deal with. And also I have a core value of personal growth. And so I'm going to plug it in and I'm going to start reading on these two nights instead of watching the NBA playoffs. And well, or I can do both. Hey, that's compromise right there. So I still don't know if the Lakers or the Warriors won last night, so but I'm enough to find that out after this podcast. And so it takes faith to actually work them actually into your life. It takes faith to let go of some areas because it means when you're living your life aligned with your values, you're going to be saying no to some things that don't align. So you're saying no to people. You're saying no to situations. You're saying no to opportunities. So a lot of my clients, when they do career coaching, I ask them this question, like, how does that job align with your values? And then they go through that kind of values exercise. They have their values listed out with statements. I have all my clients create that in the process of doing legacy coaching. And then they come out on the other end as they filter it through their values, coffee filter here, taking out the grinds on the other end. They're like, yeah, it's really not a good fit. I mean, this is not going to be leading me in the direction of where I'm living out my life purpose. And so it's a great exercise. It's a great way to make decisions. That's how you work them into your life. How do I hire people? Am I hiring people based on our core values or am I hiring to make money fast? Wait a second here. Am I hiring for the bottom line or am I hiring to improve people's lives by hiring somebody that's a great fit and it's going to make the other people on the team better and inspire them and they're going to all work together? How am I living according to them? And you end up working them into your life by actually doing creative things, like even posting pictures that are inspiring that rec represent that value that no one ever knows actually represents a value in your life, but they're in your office. And so you have pictures of like, for me, I have seven of bottles in my office that represents hope to me that we can make it a seven on a scale one to 10 and we don't have to be perfect and we can fail, but there's reminders around me that I've placed there along with the accountability that helps me to work them into my life. And I could talk a lot about that. So let's review. Five ways to not compromise your values. Number one, identify your core values. Come on, check out that podcast in the link. You can get access to that worksheet. Do a personal inventory consistently. How am I living according to my values or not living according to my values? Prepare for the temptation that will come. You will be challenged if you go ahead and identify that this is something that's important to me. You will be tested. I promise you that. That is a spiritual principle. You will be tested. Seek accountability. Find accountability. Don't run from accountability. Be willing to expose yourself. You know, I talked to my buddy Alan about another area of my life recently that I didn't really want to expose, but I did because I trusted him and he didn't judge me and he's a great friend. And number five is work them into your life. 
make them a part of your life. So it's an top of mind position. You're seeing them somewhere. You're remembering them somewhere. You're talking about them. So what resonates most with you today? I want you in the next 24 hours to talk about that concept and teach that concept to somebody else. Don't be weird about it. All you got to do is just talk about, it. Hey, I learned this thing on the decide your legacy podcast, or, Hey, I just learned this thing somewhere. And then I want you to take a risk based on something that you have learned. Maybe it's, you're going to identify your values or clarify them or make a statement with them. Or maybe it's, you're going to do that personal inventory, or maybe it's, you're going to go ahead and do something risky. That's living out one of your core values. It's letting go of something. Remember my rule, Adam's 3070 rule insight is 30% of transformational change. You're gaining insight today, listening to this podcast, reading great books, listening to great content. 70% plus is action. If you're really going to make some changes, you got to make some application. I'm sorry. Take a risk. Do something different. Have me out to speak to your team live or over Zoom. Don't forget to subscribe to Shatterproof Yourself. You don't want to miss that seven simple steps to better mental health. And I'm going to sign off the way I always do. Make it your mission to live the life now that you want to be remembered for 10 years after you're gone. You decide your legacy. No one else. I appreciate you greatly. And I'll see you next time. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net.